And you're listening to 87.6 FM, El Palo Bay Radio, The Wellness Couch with Brett and Katarina Morrison. Tonight we'll be chatting about the principles of naturopathy, quality supplement ma- manufacturing, pre and post vaccine natural protocol treatments uh, to improve your outcomes and reduce adverse long-term changes. Now, let me introduce Daniel Baden, well-known and respected naturopath and homeopath within the industry and uh, and the community. Daniel has assumed many roles over the years, including he's been a consultant too um, and member of the industry regulatory committees, providing technical support to practitioners and uh, assisting various groups in research projects. Are you there, Daniel? Yeah, I'm here. How are you How going? Are you, so it's just getting you on. How are you going? Welcome to the show. So great thank to you have you much. on. Oh, look, it's an honour and thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Now, you've got just a plethora of things on your resume. Fantastic lecturer, author and uh, manufacturer of high quality herbal nutri- nutritional supplements, which you're pretty well known for from Biomedica. You're actually currently the Director of Complementary Medicines Australia, where you're the Chairperson of the Practitioner Committee. Well done. Yeah, yep, I'm one of the directors, and um, uh, just till the end of the year. <laughs> and uh, you're an experienced presenter, and you've been lecturing to the general public, undergraduates and practitioners since 1990. So, fantastic effort. Yeah, look, I'm only 40 years old. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. It's done well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Daniel, just quickly, can you just share with the audience... Uh, a bit bit about yourself. I know there's a, an amazing resume there. Um, just a little bit about how you got into this field of work and, and what drives you to keep going. Yeah, look, it, it's um, an interesting journey. Like many practitioners who got into the industry, um, so most of them will have an interesting journey behind them. Um, for me, I, I didn't know anything about naturopathy when I was a kid. And um, <laughs> I was traveling overseas uh, when I was in my early 20s and um, got quite ill in Egypt and uh, went to a gastroenterologist in London and um, he, uh, look, you know, he didn't really know what was going on, gave me some antiparasitics, which didn't really help me. And a friend of mine at the time said, why don't you go to a homeopath? And I'd never heard of that word before. And um, I did go to a homeopath and, and bang, I was, so much better. So I I played a lot of sport as a child, and, and when I came out to Australia, I was very interested in studying to become a chiropractor. And I went to the college, and I was too late to get in that year. And I saw on the wall, um, chiropractic closed, naturopathy open. And I thought, well, I'll try that for a year, then transition. And and I knew I'm just loving it. It's just so fascinating. And and to be honest, you know, in, in nearly 35 years, I love going to work every day and, and being involved every day because of the results we see. We just make such a difference to people's lives in natural medicine. It's like winning a lottery every day. It's just wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing. It is, isn't it? And and from that, obviously, um, you're well-versed to talk about uh, the naturopathic principles as well. So the uh, we've got six principles of naturopathic medicine that uh, unite uh, naturopaths across the world. Yes, we do. Yeah, and obviously the first one <laughs> that applies to all doctors and is called to all medical practice is a desire to help um, the human form and condition without harming uh, the patient. So first, do no harm. Look, absolutely, and and it would be well wise to remember that in everything we do and every new drug that's developed and every new medical procedure, sometimes you feel like that's not always remembered, but, um, you know, we have to really... Mark that one as the, one of the most critical things that we all consider before we do anything. Yeah, that, that's a really nice place to start from, isn't it? And it's probably not just in medicine either. Like, I know some people say, like, be nice to other people just because it's the right thing to do. Um, and so, you know, yeah. doing no harm is the right, like you said, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah look, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, doing, you know, working with people at all levels, um, whether it's physical, metaphysical, emotional, spiritual, it's, you know, doing no harm doesn't just transcend towards physical drugs and biochemical drugs. It also, as you just said, is, is really just about also, you know, just being as kind as you possibly can and, yeah. and treating everyone well. And, um, 
you know, that's that's what we all hope that we'll all gain out of this pandemic. And not yeah. having any judgment or too, particularly at the moment, you know, I I find that too. It's every, everyone's navigating a different path, so it's just um, up to us to actually help, you know, um, manifest that path for them. Absolutely, and, and, and the best thing that we all can do and, and need to learn and or remind ourselves of is just remembering how to listen and, yeah. and you know, just, just stopping, listening to the other person. And listening is not just hearing. Listening is, is, is really a whole body experience of seeing their, how their body works, seeing their movements, uh, feeling what's going on with your heart and, and, and hearing, of course, as well. So there, there's a whole impact that a person has if you're listening properly, and it's a very powerful message you get from them. And I think that makes us good people. I think it makes us good practitioners. Um, and then giving yourself the time to respond um, is also really critical and not just quick reactions. And, and you know, it's, it's a really testy time for us all at the moment with... You know, I feel people quickly judging people about whether they're vaccinated or not or yeah. whether they're, you know, whatever issue is going on. And, and just take a moment to listen to what that person is saying and why they're making the choices they're making yeah. can change your whole perspective. Yeah. And that's why I think the therapeutic outcomes can um, be different from practitioner to practitioner as well. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um, we actually recognise the value, um, and it's it's one of our second ones, the healing power of nature, and we obviously recognise the value of our natural world in, in assisting the healing pro um, process. So, um, I mean, a lot of our substances, as you know, you're, you're the perfect person to speak to, actually originate from nature, but they also incorporate a healthy natural environment as a foundation to, um, to human health. So... We do recognise and harness a body's inherent wisdom, don't we, to heal itself in order to guide patients to their wellness um, and progress their health. Completely. My, my favourite word in naturopathy is homeostasis. Yeah. Homeostasis where the body is trying to correct itself and sometimes we get symptoms or, or you know, feelings of discomfort because that's your body working to try to bring itself back to, back to normal or the homeostatic nature. So what we would ideally like to do in natural medicine is find the right um, natural ingredients or herbs or vitamins or lifestyle choices um, that will help the body or assist the body get back to its true homeostatic balance. Sometimes that's a herbal medicine, sometimes it's a supplement, it's, you know, often there's dietary advice involved, um, other lifestyle advice around smoking or you know, uh, being eating, making bad choices in food. But sometimes it's just really simple stuff, like um, going for a walk in nature. Yeah, beautiful. And, 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 and you know, finding a nice patch. And, and there, there are plenty of journals published these days, and plenty yeah. of articles published in scientific journals, which are starting to discuss the power of just being in a forest. Uh, and, and it has amazing effects. Um, not only from a you know a visual point of view, an eye candy point of view, um, seeing beautiful trees and streams and, and uh, whatever little animal surprises you get, um, but also you know trees. I was reading in a psychology journal. Um, trees uh, release small amounts of uh, pollen and other droplets, <clears throat> and um, and they can be uh, an, a slight irritant to your immune system. Now, that sounds bad, but it's actually good to have slight challenges to your immune system. Mm. And it wakes your immune system up and, and, and really motivates your immune system. So, you know, just being in nature has many effects across different parameters of, of being human. And I just believe it's something we all need to remember as a powerful part of the healing journal journey. Yeah, look, I have to say, like, I always, found, I always sort of wonder sometimes, like, we actually hiked across or hiked through Tasmania for our honeymoon <laughs> across the overland track. And and like we sort of worked out how much food we're going to need for each day. But oh. when we came back, I reckon we had at least a half to two thirds of the food left. And wow. and yeah, and at the end of them, they're going. Now we were walking like twenty kilometres a day, but we just seemed to use so much less food. But at the end of it, we still felt really energised. And and you just think about the natural forest that you were walking through in Tassie and, and the beautiful trees that are down there. And you just think, hmm, that's a, that's a really interesting 
outcome for for the hike that we had. Yeah, look, and 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 you know, over the years, we've supported a lot of um, patients with very serious illnesses, um, and and you know, we would I would always recommend finding uh, as much nature as you can. Yeah, as part of as part of the treatment, I don't think there's any one um, modality or treatment that is a magic pill. I think it's a combination of yeah. of whatever vitamins or supplements you're taking, your diet and nature and the engagement you have with the practitioner and the support you have with the family, your own family, you know, and, and, and sometimes you need to bring the patient's family on, on the journey with them. Mm, uh, and making yeah. sure that that support is, is there for them as well when it's a condition. So there are many aspects to it, and I guess that's the beautiful thing about holistic medicine. It's, it's really being a bit of a detective, finding out what, What's going on, and, and trying to you know um, shore up support wherever you can. Yeah, but we know that patients who are exposed to the outdoors tend to recover more quickly. They use less pain medication, and and obviously um, research has also proven that they also have shorter hospital stays. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, forest what, bathing. What a... <laughs> I've just thought forest bathing is just amazing. It really is. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely, and, and you know the, the, there is. Journals published talking about the increase in allergies that we're experiencing in, yeah. in urban environments, and one of the reasons given is is the reduction in in forests around cities. Yeah. Um, so you know we will end up all taking all sorts of medicines and drugs unless we find a way to get people reacquainted with nature more often. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously carbon... And if you live in the city, that can just mean walking in the botanical gardens. Yeah, we've know, got great that's gardens, that's haven't we? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're so in Sydney, we're in Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, 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 I was just going to say uh, trees, just so, um, the magnificence of them, you know, the carbon sequestration that they do. So they're just magical creatures, they really are. They deserve yeah, all the respect, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and and uh, what some of the other ones we um, obviously identify and treat the causes. So th- this is a big one, I guess, um, that differs us from allopathic medicine too. I think there's a time and place for symptom suppression, but um, most naturopathic patients will benefit from identifying the underlying causes of illness and removing the obstacles. So it's not a band-aid approach for us. It's more that uh, we treat the holistic person, whether it's you know mentally, emotionally, or a physical symptom that comes up. We look at the whole person and how it actually um, appeared. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think if we're, if we're talking about treating people, we've got to treat the whole person. It's just it's in the wording. Um, you know, and if you're just treating symptomatically, that. You, you, you'll, that person will either be medicated for a long, long time, depending on what the condition is, of course, um, or, or they'll end up having to eventually go on to what's called polypharmacy because whatever medicine you've been given, and that medicine may be uh, a pharmaceutical drug or even it might be a natural medicine in some situations, and you end up having to take more things just to deal with the... Um, the side effects, the eventual side effects of whatever you're on. So, you know, vitamins and herbs and, and, and natural products work best in the in the whole environment when you're looking at the whole person and dealing with the basic issues. There's no point taking multivitamins if you're going to eat rubbish and junk every night and, you know, you never exercise and, and never leave the couch uh, or if you drink to excess or you smoke to excess or, or whatever. Um, so there's no magic pill in medicine really there's no magic pill in natural medicine it's about treating the whole person and getting back to what's really causing the issue and if they're not eating well or whatever well we've got to work out why you know is is it they don't like food is it an emotional attachment is it that they're just adrenally exhausted and Mm. they're just looking for quick fixes all the time are they not sleeping well there are so many reasons, and that, that's the fun part about being yeah, an empathetic detective. <laughs> being the detective and yeah. investigating all those aspects. So when you go to a consultation, as you know, Karina, you sit there, you know, and a consultation can take a long, long time until you <laughs> yeah. get through all of this stuff and you build a, you build a story and, and you're really just trying to understand that person's story and that's, 
that's that's where the connectivity is between a good practitioner and a good patient. Um, and it's about finding your match, you know, between a practitioner and a patient. Yeah, most well. definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. And Daniel, like you said before, you know, um, that you understand the interconnectedness of our body um, and the relationship, you know, to our environment and our lifestyle on, on total health. So we've got that uh, whole person-based approach um, uh, that we seek and, and restore. What, what you say is homeostasis, you know, balance and health. <laughs> That's your favourite word, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we've got a few more, haven't we? What about uh, doctor as teacher? I mean, we actually elevate the patient's health literacy. Um, yeah. So we're and part that, of, yeah. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, look, I feel, I feel it's obviously really important because it's a partnership type of arrangement. You know, we, we don't want to be, and, and I'm not doctor bashing at all. I think doctors have such a critical role in our society. Oh, they do. And I feel sorry for them. They've only got five, ten minutes now to, you know, to base a therapeutic strategy on, really. It's crazy. look, absolutely. And and we will all need a doctor at some point in our life for something. So, you know, they're really important. Collaboration is great. (laughs) Collaboration is wonderful. It's great, yeah. And, and, you know, but but one of the key principles that you've you've just identified as, as as um, a principle of naturopathic medicine, is is the is the doctor or the practitioner as teacher, and that's because we want to build that journey with the patient, and, and and not just get them to sit there taking stuff that we've prescribed. It, it's really about getting them to understand why they're doing something, and and understanding the importance of it. Because as you know, you know a lot of people will potentially go on a fad diet for a while, it doesn't work, and then they, they're off it. Or they, they might go to a, you know, a supermarket and buy some fish oil for their arthritic pain, doesn't really work that well, and they're off it. So they don't really always understand all the messaging um, and uh, all the principles about what they're doing. So, you know, if, you, if you've got arthritis and you just want to take fish oil, that's fine, but you've got to look at your diet, your lifestyle, in, and and emotions, again, emotion, emotions, <laughs> spiritual stuff, all of that uh, is all really critical. We can we can always find supplements or drugs that give temporary relief to to painful conditions, but it is just that it's temporary relief. Uh, if we want true long term healing, we've got to go back to getting the patient to really understand. So. You know, I can't believe how many, in my early days, how many patients I had that actually became naturopaths in the end. <laughs> oh, see, great effect. Oh, wow, that you had. Great impression. Because they really understood eventually. Oh, they really beautiful. They really understood what it was about, and oh, they really loved it. What so, a great so impression that, that you made. Fantastic. Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you're very well loved. You're very well loved within the community. Fantastic. A lot of people have uh, trust-based relationships with you, so, um, oh, you know, and, and you allow them to better understand steps that they need to achieve and maintain their health and you know you educate them about um who they really are as well which i think is is imperative to, well, to really yeah, optimal health yeah it's an amazing legacy to um leave behind because a lot of people remember obviously their doctors but yeah. for them to actually want to then become like you and and yeah, learn that beautiful. Is, is an amazing legacy to leave yeah it's gorgeous oh gee i, I i'm, I'm going to walk away from you as a very big head <laughs> you're so humble so humble yeah um, and what's one of the last ones? Obviously, um, one of them that we do very well is uh, prevention. So it affirms that, uh, well, naturopathic medicine affirms that it is better to prevent illness and suffering wherever possible, isn't it? Oh, look, absolutely. And, and then that, that, you know, all of these principles, you know, we've discussed so far, they all lead into each other. So, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can teach our, pre- our patients or, or people how to live better, eat better, be happier with themselves, listen to each other, then prevention is is kind of a natural follow-on, I guess. Um, and 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 prevention is, is, is really about taking note of all of those aspects of holistic medicine and making it just who you are. Um, and, and, and and not thinking that what you're doing is just a short term um, fixed to, to, to whatever symptoms or pain that you're in. Um, really, you know, it's that understanding of, of what it's all about and what your place is on the planet and 
your places with other people in your family and your friends. And, and more than anything, just, just who you are for yourself, really bringing yourself into yourself and really understanding. Um, and, and then the prevention stuff just happens. It, it, it's not even an effort. It's just, gee, I choose to eat this way or I choose to go for my walk in the forest every day or on the beach or wherever you seem to be geographically located. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that just becomes part of that habitual you know, person that you are and, 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 and that to me is, is, is an important part of prevention. Prevention is brings happiness and joy in my view, but also it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? We'd have less Health acute, well, wouldn't we? And, yeah. <laughs> less and, 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 sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, if you can, if you can live a long and healthy life without involving too many practitioners yeah. and too many drugs <laughs> and too many hospital visits, you'll live a really yeah. good life. <laughs> Unhappy life, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Not much acuteness or um, chronic disease. That'd be great, wouldn't it? No, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, because that's yeah. what potentially we're trying to identify that and um, correct uh, areas of imbalance and teach patients how to get well and stay well. Really, that's what you know uh, our principles are all about. Really. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, something that you know very well, um, mm-hmm. the quali- quality of supplement manufacturing being part of Biomedica. Um, you've got some really good uh, protocols about uh, supplement manufacturing, quality supplement manufacturing. So a lot of practitioners look up to Biomedica, um, particularly because you haven't got PEGs, PEG, um, in the supplements and, you know, um, pretty pure. So a lot of people look to Biomedica. Yeah. Look, I think overall in Australia, we're all really lucky um, if we're taking supplements that are made in Australia um, because we come under the TGA or the Therapeutic Goods Administration. And and there are some really tough regulations. And, and to be honest, we are the only country in the world that produces vitamin supplements to this standard, which is which is basically really? wow. a, yeah, a pharmaceutical standard. So so it's expensive, it's a pain in the bum, but <laughs> you know, it's a good pain because what we get is amazing quality. Um, and you know, what what what's on the label is is, is in no uh, within a few percent over time is, is actually what's in the tablet. So if, if the label says it's 100 milligrams of vitamin B2, you can be pretty sure it's 100 milligrams or, or between you know, 98 and 102 milligrams oh, wow. okay. of vitamin B2 in that sure. product. So I always uh, wince a little bit when people um, buy some cheap imports um, because they might save a buck or two. But at the end of the day, yeah, you don't right. always know what you're getting because no. in all other countries, practically, uh, Canada is, is closest to Australia, but, you know, in the US or the UK, um, the supplements are regulated under the food laws. And so the food laws aren't stringent. And so you don't have to do stability trials. Uh, mm. You don't have to put in levels of evidence um, for example, to, 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 to get the doses correct. And, and that's one of the issues. You know, we, we formulate to the evidence-based doses um, because the most expensive supplement you can buy is one that doesn't work. So That's right, so, yeah. So you really want people to, to, to get good results from what they're taking and spending their hard-earned on. And, and that's just, a, you know, a really important part of, of the... Uh, the story really so we're very lucky to be in Australia um, because we do have really good quality um, natural medicine products so what should um, the normal person um, out there really look at um, when they're purchasing obviously if they're not purchasing from practitioners but you know if, if they're on the shelf um, mm. do you think there's any good medications on the shelf supplements on the shelf look you know in terms of um, safety they're, they're definitely you know if they you look at a label um, there'll, there'll generally be a little number on it, and it's a little OSP, A-U-S-D-L on it, yeah. and then a little number that follows. So that generally means that, that always means, I'm sorry, that it's gone through the TGA process. And and, and so what, what you can be guaranteed with that product is that there's a level of safety in there and a level of stability in okay. there. So as I mentioned earlier, 
there are ingredients in there and you can be reasonably sure that those ingredients will be in the tablets that you're taking. Yeah, so ensure um, consistent standard of excellence and quality across our products if they're in Australia, if they're being made right. in Australia. Yeah. What you're not guaranteed about <laughs> is, is, is efficacy. Yeah. So, so you'll get some level of efficacy, but you know you want to try to um, work with your practitioner to make sure that whatever supplement brand you take, uh, the dose is adequate to whatever the condition is you're trying to take it for. Yeah. So is that one of the major differences? Like, on it's if you buy something off the supermarket shelf, it has the OSTL number or letters on it. Um, people go, "Yep, that's great. We've got a level of safety and." stability there but on the back they'll have directions saying hey look take one to two tablets a day or whatever but that may not actually be the right amount no, for them the because dosage, no. um, they haven't yeah, actually consulted look, with a practitioner so, so those those amounts on there uh, are generally um, within the TGA guidelines um, and that assists with the safety of, of the medicine yeah. um, so you know if, if something's 500 milligrams uh, once a day, uh, that there's a, that's at the known safety limit. Um, and if you individually decide to take 10 grams a day of that, <laughs> it may cause you some sort of issue. Yeah. So, so the TGA has a, some rules around how much you can take, which is good. That's a good thing. Yep. Um, however, when you're working with a practitioner, as, mm-hmm. you, as you know, mm-hmm. um, there are... You, you are the practitioner is is able to take that information and apply it to the person uh, because they should have the whole person's story and say, look, you know, for you, um, because you're going through X Y Z conditions or you've got this issue, I'm going to suggest you you take you know two or three a day instead yeah. of one um, and monitor that patient carefully and just make sure that everything's okay on a regular basis um, and 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 that's that's also okay. That's great, isn't it? That's where I think our strength is too. We actually individualise, you know, therapeutic um, strategies as well for patients as well. Yeah, yeah, because once again, you know, it, it, it's really not just about the supplement. It's about all the advice that that uh, the practitioner gives um, and, and that's just one part of the whole picture. Now, the efficacy that you mentioned, does that also come down to the type of product that it's made from? So, like I know that there's different forms of vitamin C, for example, and do some work better than others? Mm-hmm. And does that then help with that efficacy that mm-hmm. you're talking about? Because some may be cheaper to produce than, yeah. say, the practitioner-only products. Yeah, look, it's... It, 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 oh, it's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, is that, is that too long of a question to answer? <laughs> but at the end of the day... Well, like vitamin you, C, you, yeah. You can attach evidence to specific types of... Um, chemical formats. Yeah, okay. uh, as you know, there's ascorbic acid and, and uh, calcium ascorbate and magnesium ascorbate and potassium ascorbate. They're all technically forms of vitamin C. But when you look at the, the data or the research, you'll see that certain forms uh, have different uh, therapeutic applications. And subsequently, you know, you might use ascorbic acid for one type of condition, but I, I don't like giving ascorbic acid as a chewable, for mm-hmm. example, because I think it's corrosive to tooth enamel. Okay. So, so, so I might choose calcium ascorbate for those patients if I want them to have a chewable, if they're young kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think it's just different horses for different courses. There are okay. variances in quality, um, but mm-hmm. that leads potentially to, to you know, mainly associated with some herbal medicines. because And strength, yeah. And strength, so so you know there there are specific chemicals and natural chemicals in each herb, as you know, and and different sources of of these natural chemicals may may come from different countries or how they're processed. So that's one of the differences in quality that you may not pick up just from the label. Mm. Um, so if you look at a common herb like uh, echinacea, you may see that there are very you wouldn't see, but. <laughs> You know, there, there, there are variances in the active chemical constituents that naturally grow in the echinacea mm. according to the source you get it from. So, you know, the TGA, you know, if you want to put a claim on it, it has that minimum amount of some of these chemicals. 
and, and maximum amounts of safety. Um, but there's, you know, there's a bit of scope in that. Yeah. So, so you've got to work the patient, or if you're self-selecting your medicines, or if you're going to a practitioner, work with brands that you trust or know or are recommended um, because, you know, there, there's a bit more known about the, the active uh, chemical profile. Yeah, nice. Mm. Alrighty, how do you feel like um, you're you're best known at the moment too? Um, recently, with practitioners about uh, the pre and post vaccine natural protocol treatments. I mean, your, your webinars just uh, gone off the <laughs> off the charts. I think with um, all practitioners, they highly value your input. Um, are you okay yeah. to talk about that at the moment? Oh, look, uh, I can talk about it, but I'll be um, very politically correct. Oh, you need to be. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's. You know, I took a position where um, we, we expect most people would have been vaccinated uh, or will get vaccinated, and, and, and I think 90% of the population at the moment, um, more or less, depending on which city you're in, um, is, is, is vaccinated. So, you know, that's, that's all well and good, and people have to make their choices, and the first and most important thing is that we just listen to each other and respect the choices people make and the reasons they're happy, you know, for making their choices. So having said that, then, you know, it was just a matter of, of, of trying to understand from a biochemical point of view yeah. as best as we could what impact or not the, the vaccine had. Now, you know, the, 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 the I guess the, the judgment people had to make for themselves is whether they were... Uh, concerned enough about catching coronavirus that they wanted to get vaccinated now, and 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 deal with any potential long-term issues later if they come, or some people said no, I'd rather deal with corona and 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 and, and not have potential long-term issues, and and that's the thing we have to listen to people because everyone's got to make the choices based on what they know about themselves and their bodies and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So, you know, we, I guess I just took a position and just said, look, people are going to get vaccinated, um, they, you know, by hook or by crook. Uh, if you want to return to work, if you want to travel, if you want to, you know, live yeah. a normal life, go to some of those nice Melbourne cafes, um, you know, they're going, they, they're going to insist that you're vaccinated. So what do you do? You, you, you step back and say, well, what can happen? And, and, and you know, it's we, we still don't know because... Mm. You know, the, the mRNA vaccines, like the Pfizer, for yeah. example, um, where the, the research on mRNA vaccines started in 1978, um, where they were using them for um, starting to experiment with mRNA vaccines for uh, cancer, cancer patients. So, you know, it, you know there, there are some lessons that have been learned, and, and there's still a number of unknowns, and those unknowns, I guess, are around about you know, um, long-term changes to the body and, and then what do we do about that from natural medicine? So the most important thing I would suggest is is if people are going to get vaccines, there's still anybody left out there who's going to get a vaccine, you know, just, just do it when you don't have any active uh, inflammation happening in your body and, um, uh, and you're feeling fairly well uh, and... and and you're in good physical and mental shape uh, for those people concerned. If you've had the vaccine, um, once again, the word inflammation keeps coming up and, yes, and, and okay. really yeah. look at um, what you can do, work with your practitioner about potentially uh, keeping your body as neutral as, it, as you can in terms of um, inflammatory responses um, over the long term, particularly if you... You know, have a familial history of any sort of um, any sort of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, autoimmune type of condition, or that sort of thing. Um, potentially, you know, and 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 this is what I'm talking about. All comes from the from the literature, from, yeah. from the yeah. journals. Um, you know, so potentially, just make sure that you adopt some of those naturopathic principles as best you can. Um, and, and, and particularly prevention, eat well, be well, and, um, sleep and, well. Uh, yeah, and sleep well, all that sort of stuff. You know, I think it, it, it would have been, you know, in, 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 if you had a wish list, it would have been great 
for um, you know the government and the and the medicos to work with the naturopaths around the vaccination program because I I believe that you know we could have we could have helped a lot uh, in in calming people's anxiety about it and also um, and uh, you know making sure that their immune system is as robust as it can be because. You know, they're, they're talking about boosters now for, for a certain group. Very sick, and, yeah. and mm. I think, you know, if people are in um, uh, good health, maybe, maybe they could lose a bit of weight or reduce their sugar or increase their vitamin D. Um, the responses to the vaccines may have been such that they may not have required a booster. And this is all, you know, this is, this is slightly theoretical, but... It would have been, um, uh, in my opinion, uh, a, a nice way to go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've got uh, what we call pre-vax and post-vax treatments, you know, like one or two weeks prior to and after, um, where we reduce the side effects and improve the outcomes as well. You know, if some people find that it's actually mandatory and uh, reduce adverse long-term changes uh, with the actual person. But like you said, you have to get that history. And it really depends on the type of vaccination you're getting because they all have sort of um, different uh, therapy outcomes, don't they, and adverse effects. Some are genetic changes, some are um, cytokine, aren't they inflammatory, and some are autoimmune. So it depends well, on the actual one. Yeah, look, you know, the... the um, so with the, with the mRNA vaccines... They they obviously they obviously work slightly different to the DNA vaccine. So you could look at something like the Pfizer vaccine as an example, and that that injects mRNA into uh, a muscle cell, and then you start a translation process where um, the cell starts to produce spike proteins. With the um, AstraZeneca one, you're actually injecting uh, a DNA. Uh, which is one step ahead of the RNA, uh, and so you're starting to uh, produce the spike proteins as well. So um, on around, so so what happens is your your cells get this information about producing spike proteins in the nucleus, and and so what happens is you get these spike proteins attaching to the outside of the cell, and your immune system sees these spike proteins and goes ah, there's an invader there, let's increase antibody production. So you, you increase the antibodies and, um, um, and you, you know, you have some level of immunity. One of the issues with that, though, is, is, is that, you know, over time, and, and that could be, say, six months, your immunity starts to wane, and that's why people have a booster um, Henry, is that what um, a lot of doctors are talking about at the moment? Antibody dependent enhancement, where the immune system um, basically gets deregulated and starts losing the T and B cells. Yeah, so there's not been really much research on what happens with T cells and, and B cells, um, and so there are not that many long-term studies. And to be honest, the, the vaccines have, haven't been around long enough to, to have those sorts of long-term no, studies. No, we don't have that, do we? So, so it's, it's, not really, it's not really there yet. No. Um, but what is known is that the antibodies decrease over time uh, for most people. And, um, you know, if you give it another booster, they shoot, they shoot up again. And then you would expect them to wane again over time. Mm. So, um, you know, one thing that I think natural medicine is really good at is, is, is sustaining a healthy immune system yeah. and, and sustaining a better T and B cell response um, and, and looking at the types of people that, that may not have those responses. And, yeah, and right. yeah. you know, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel here, but if you're obese, um, then you're, you know, from the scientific literature, your ability to mount the same sort of response is limited. So if someone who's, who's significantly overweight comes into your clinic, um, you would have a reasonable expectation that their immune system may not mount the same sort of response. Um, and that's when I said earlier that it would be really nice if natural, natural medicine could work with the, the vaccinators. Uh, so look, you know, how can we help this person 
if you want them to have a response, a better re- sustained response. Uh, I think that's something we're probably pretty good at. Yeah. Interesting you say that because the microbiome has been implicated, hasn't it, like uh, scientifically, like in the short-term studies that uh, um, if we rectify any dysbiosis with pre or probiotics before vax or even after vax, it actually helps shape um, the host's immunity. Yeah. Well, the microbiome or, or the, the friendly gut, uh, sorry, the friendly bacteria that live in your gut, um, are responsible, it's estimated, for, for more than 70% of your <coughs> immune responses. It's amazing. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, having a healthy gut is, is really, really important and, and really affects how your immune system responds to everything, which in, also includes mental health, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it really plays a, an absolute significant role here. So part of the pre-vax um, thinking is, is ensuring that the patient has a really healthy gut. Uh, and, and you may also consider probiotics and prebiotics and post-vax as well, um, just, to, just to make sure that the immune system is as balanced as, as possible. So we go back to that word homeostasis again, trying to bring the body back into balance. And whether you've caught a virus or had uh, a vaccination, you know, your body may be temporarily out of balance and we're just trying to always bring it back into balance. Yeah. And there must be something about the microbiome. Uh, I know that I've been researching, you know, the plant-based diet obviously um, helps rectify the microbiome and there seems to be better outcomes when people on at least a month or two of plant-based diet prior to and after being vaccinated as well. Oh, you're going to have the keto people screaming at me now. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, you know, the the, the big benefit about the plant-based diet is that it's high in soluble fiber. Yeah. And, and, you know, you need that soluble fiber because the right sort of bugs in your gut, the healthy bugs, will, will will convert that soluble fiber. Uh, into short-chain fatty acids, um, acetic acid, butyric acid, propionic acid, primarily, and 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 um, particularly butyric acid. And there is some interesting research at the moment on butyric acid and reducing um, you know any side effects um, from any vaccines. Um, so um, you know these these short-term these short-chain fatty acids increase energy to the bowel wall. And they increase energy in the liver, and and therefore have a really important role to play in the immune system. Also, so you're absolutely right. A plant-based diet is really helpful, but for those people that don't uh, want to observe a plant-based diet, um, you know, one of the roles you know we have to adapt, and one of the roles that we may find useful is to find options for increasing the soluble fiber that they consume yeah. either through mm-hmm. diet or through supplements. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to address um, some supplements that we can take as well, like pre and post vaccination treatments that, that we find helpful that, as practitioners? Do we want to address yeah, the audience? Yeah, yeah? sure. So, so zinc, pro- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, zinc's a really um, main mineral, isn't it, that uh, we look at? Yeah, look, zinc, zinc is really important. It, it's a, um, you know, we, we generally feel that many people in Australia don't have enough zinc. Um, in their system. Um, it's involved in active transportation of nutrients across the gut. It's involved in, in stabilising cells and, and transportation in and out of cells. Uh, and it's a key part of you know, three to 400 enzymes in your body. And it also is involved in many hormones and all of that is involved with the immune system as is zinc is directly also. So zinc has a really critical role to play. And um, we uh, we feel you know, there's some reasonably good data suggesting that zinc is also really important in coronavirus issues. So it's it's um, you know we we really would do well with zinc. Uh, other nutrients would include, as we mentioned, um, uh, probiotics, and and it's really difficult. People say which one specifically or what brand, and the honest answer is I don't really know um, <laughs> because. There's not that sort of information available. And it's really hard to work out because a lot of people take different 
sorry, when you, when you look at someone's gut, it's so individual. Yeah. It's like looking mm-hmm. at a, a fingerprint. Mm. Um, and so different people respond better to different probiotics. It's very difficult to say which one's right for the right person. There are big universities around the world trying to work all that out and sequence human gut and, and sequence probiotics, but we're not anywhere near it yet. Um, you know, in 20 or 30 years, we might be. Um, but generally speaking, a good um, uh, probiotic with one to three strains might be good that have got some evidence of stability because the big issue with uh, too many probiotics or, or, or some probiotics yeah. is that they uh, can affect each other in a, in a tablet or a capsule. So you want to try to the best of your ability ensure that the strains in the tablet or capsule uh, play, play nicely together. How does drinking kombucha um, fit into that? Yeah, well, kombucha kombucha is interesting because it, it's you know um, another another fermented products because mm. they're live and so there's mm. a, a rich source of of um, uh, food of substrate that they can consume. So so you do get and yogurt's another example. You do get um, um, probiotics happily playing together in that environment that, that's nutrient-rich um, until the nutrients run out somewhere down the track. Mm. But usually can, the, the expiry date of the kombucha is, is well before the food yeah. the food for the probiotic runs out. Yeah. So, um, but in, a, you know, in, in, in some supplements, if, if there's moisture and gets into a tablet or a capsule, mm. that activates yeah. the probiotics more. And, and so sometimes if there's research to show that they're... they're they play happily together, um, but you just want to choose brands that, where possible, that you know that is, that is the case. Yeah. Vitamin yeah. D, obviously um, research has found, like even at the start, that it was markedly low in coronavirus patients, particularly the, the elderly, you know, that increased uh, levels of inflammation were high when um, patients had uh, low levels of vitamin D. Yeah. Look, vitamin D is, is certainly one of the most critical nutrients that Always, but at this time, we, we have noted that it's been low, low in many chronic diseases. Um, and um, there are also plenty of published studies, including some that have been published by the Australian government, on the low level of nutrients in elderly people, especially when they've been institutionalised. So vitamin D is, is one of the main, together with zinc, uh, is, is certainly one of the main deficiencies that are seen out there and there is plenty of research out there to support the notion that vitamin D should be supplemented uh, generally but also specifically uh, in coronavirus um, uh, rich areas and also um, considered for if if you're going to get the vaccine um, it would be wise, I think, to get your vitamin D levels up to get a better immune response. I think that's um, especially true for mRNA or the DNA concerns that people have as well, particularly yeah, that look, one. Yeah, jeez, it's just too much unknown. We, we, no one really knows. No one can comment really on where the vaccines will take us in two to three to five years. Mm. No um, long-term studies. And we <laughs> yeah. just don't know. There's, there's it's just it's so many people have had it, and and um, and and the data won't come out for years. I don't think. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel about um, curcumin as well? The anti-inflammatory, and it really helps the B and T cells. Uh, you know, immune dilator and, and macrophages. Um, it really modulates, doesn't it, across the immune system? Yeah. Look, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful wonderful you know spice herb supplement. <laughs> Um, you know, we should all be growing in our garden and making tea out of it every day. It, 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 is, it has wonderful anti-inflammatory um, activity. Um, it, it does modulate the immune system. It's got hundreds of published studies on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other things curcumin does, interestingly, it also acts as a prebiotic, so it helps yeah. maintain a healthy microbiome. Um, and in fact, I was reading a study recently which demonstrated that Taking curcumin is more effective uh, than taking some other probiotics for travellers, and um, hopefully we'll all start travelling again soon. Um, so you know, it, it's, it, it really uh, helps create a robust microbiome as well. So 
You know, as I mentioned earlier, in, in those people that have mild inflammatory, chronic inflammatory conditions, it would be really wise to, to take things like curcumin on a regular basis uh, and, um, and, and really try to manage that, that inflammatory uh, response as best you can. How do you feel about quercetin? You know, the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects are, are, are quite huge, actually. Oh, yeah, look, it's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing supplement. Um, and, and um, you know, it, it, um, it, it shows in, in... There's not a huge amount of data in, in, in terms of coronavirus, um, but there's enough data there from its historical use in many other chronic diseases, inflammatory conditions... Um, I, I know that it's done very well in oncology for many, yeah. many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we translate some of that data and we also pick up some of the new data with corona and we, um, we and, and, and it's amazing safety profile and, and put all that together and you've got a, um, uh, uh, an ingredient which is worthy of strong consideration as an anti-inflammatory and, um, uh, you know, uh, immune-supportive type nutrients. So, you know, one of the most important things we can do for our immune system, once again, I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, but is <laughs> control inflammation as best we can, you know. Yeah. And the other one I think we've got in our toolkit is um, N-acetylcysteine, which is NAC, you know, that. so you'll see a lot of that out at the moment. How do you feel about NAC? Yeah, look, we've got to be a little bit careful talking about yeah. NAC because NAC is not a TGA-approved substance. Um, so it's, it's got a long history of use. It's got a, you know, but as practitioners, we use it as a compounding material. Yeah. Um, so we mix it with other things and we, uh, we, uh, in our clinics and we are able to give it to patients. Um, and, but the data behind NAC is mm. very impressive. It is. One of the most important things it does, or two, two very important things, I should say. One is it's, an amazing anti-mucolytic, mm. so uh, it seems to be able to uh, break down um, mucus um, build-up quite quickly. Um, and and the other thing it does, it is the precursor to a very important yes. antioxidant yep. in your system called glutathione. Yeah. And, and, and that is absolutely critical because anyone that's had any sort of long-term condition, particularly with this inflammation, will generally be, in my opinion, deficient in glutathione. Yeah. Um, and that um, perpetuates the condition potentially. So so it's really quite critical to think about things like NAC. Um, and um, you really should be dealing with your practitioner there who can compound yeah, it for you. Yeah, most definitely. Because there, there are yeah. contraindications or uh, side effects, aren't there, as well, in the wrong people? Mm. Yeah, well, firstly, it's 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 a compounding material, so it's not TGA approved. So we, you know, we we it's very important we work within the law, and and make sure that we, uh, you know, uh, respect well our position in Australia. Um, but you know, uh, a practitioner is entitled to compound it there. They'll also understand the um, the potential side effects. We don't really see that many, but. Where we do see them, the most common one is probably just some sort of gastric irritation, yeah. which may cause diarrhea or a bit of wind in some people. Yeah, and what about uh, vitamin A? Obviously, for mucosal surfaces, you know, it's a first line of defence. So, yeah, vitamin A is really interesting, and and um, it it and we need to differentiate here vitamin A from, from beta carotene because a lot of people get confused there. Yeah. Um, so. Beta carotene is what you find in, in fruit and vegetables, and give, you know, gives carrots a nice orangey colour. Uh, and if you've got a healthy microbiome, you'll convert beta carotene to vitamin A. Vitamin A is in a, in a, in a formed um, form comes from um, generally animal sources uh, like cod liver oil, uh, for example, or you know, uh, other meats, where the animal has already converted the beta-carotene to, to the vitamin A. So vitamin A um, is also available in, in supplementation. And why it's so important is because it's a precursor to, uh, a key precursor to secretory IgA. And, and secretory IgA is, is part of the immune system. Um, and, and IgA 
it, it's found primarily on the um, on the mucosal surfaces in your mouth, in your nose, um, for example, and it it is one of the key um, parts of the immune system that help differentiate viruses and to some degree prevent the entry of viruses into the system or potentially reduce the load of the virus or bacteria. So it is really important for vitamin A uh, for its effect on secretory IgA. Yeah, wow. So thank you so much for that. It's amazing how quick this hour has gone. We've only got a few minutes left to wrap up. So I was just sort of looking at the, the clock behind me here. So, sure. Um, sure. Is it... Is there anywhere that people can get in touch, see your research, um, and and just learn about the immense amount of knowledge that you have? Yeah, it's a walking library. <laughs> a walking library. <laughs> Are you calling me a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Nerds are cool. Uh, look, you know, um, I, my my main advice is 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 really find a practitioner um, that that you really resonate with. Spend the time telling your story. Make sure they listen to you and understand your story. You know, it's it, they. There are so many great practitioners in mm, Melbourne and, yeah. and um, Sydney, and Sydney and yeah. Australia. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, that that would be the most important thing. It's an investment that you know that investment in your health will pay off many times over over your lifetime. So, so uh, that that would be the best thing to do, in my view. Yeah. So um, noting that, so you mentioned that working with a practitioner that's willing to listen, are there any things that people should particularly be looking for when they choose their practitioner? Because, like, you might go, like, five people might go to the same practitioner, but only three might gel with that person um, because it it comes down to personality as well, doesn't Mm, it? So are there some key things that people should be looking for? Because obviously a lot of your work is predominantly is actually on the practitioner side and supporting practitioners and and educating practitioners. So, yeah, yeah, so is there things that the the general public should be looking for when they choose their practitioner? Look, you know, it, 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 <laughs> well, you, you you just want to make sure there's some education behind yep. behind them because, you know, in, in Australia, practitioners don't have to be registered. You could do a one-day <coughs> workshop or a four-year course. <laughs> yeah. So uh. just want to make sure that the practitioner is, is duly um, educated and, and it's okay to say, look, you know, how, where did you study? How long was your course for? Um, and, 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 um, that, that would be a really good start. Um, and, you know, I, 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 it's always a really tough question, but it's a matter of, of, um, experience as well. And I know that's really hard for young people coming out, but everyone has to cut their teeth. Um, but at the end of the day, um, friends recommending practitioners and word of mouth would have Mm -hmm. to be one of the most powerful tools available. Um, when I used to practice, I, I would never put my ad in the yellow pages because I just never understood <laughs> who'd want to come to me just from reading an ad. Aren't you practicing uh, anymore? A little bit. A little yeah, bit just too much of a consultant at the moment. Yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to run full-time clinics, but, um, oh, you know, that, that you just can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, um, yeah, so 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 I guess you know talking to people and, and engaging with with friends around it is, is really important. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, walking library, you've been fantastic. Thanks so much. Um, we're really <laughs> honoured to expose you to our audience that we love. Yeah, seriously, you've been so great. Um, wealth of knowledge. If anyone wants to contact you, are you contactable via Facebook or. Uh, yeah, like yep. Yeah, uh, look, I'm pretty hopeless on social media, but that's probably the best way. Just via Facebook, send me a message, uh, and um, I I will uh, do my very best to get back to you. Um, but uh, Facebook is is probably the easiest thing. Yeah. 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 And for yeah, practitioners, practitioners can find you through their practitioner network. Yeah, practitioner networks. So they'll find me through either directly through Biomedica or through uh, their distributor, or you know. I've got a big bounce that I'll find me. Yeah. Fantastic <laughs> wealth of knowledge. Thank yeah, so you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much for your generosity and sharing your wisdom with us and with the audience. Yeah. Thank you so much. Britt and Katarini, you're doing a great job, guys. So thank you so much. And Thanks, thank Daniel. you for, for the invite. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Daniel. Thank so you. good to have you on. Okay, we'll yeah, talk to bye. you soon. Bye.
And that's uh, 87.6 FM, The Wellness Couch. And we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye.